0: Good morning, go ahead and open your Bible to Deuteronomy uh, chapter six. We're gonna be talking about God's plan for intergenerational ministry to make disciples this morning. Um, And there's a couple reasons that we're gonna talk about that. One of them is a little later during our gathering today, we're gonna have a family dedication, um, which is awesome of Kyler and Bridget and uh, Bristol Bruns, so we're excited that you're here to see what that looks like um, for us. So as I was working on uh, my part of what we were doing today, I just spent a lot of time thinking and praying over over that message. We're going to talk about like big picture, how we do that here at Westway Christian Church. And then last night, um, one of the things we do, if you were on Facebook, one of the things we try and do at some, some point every Saturday is post the, our YouTube link for, for the Sunday 10:15, invite people to it. We ask that other people within our body share that. And yesterday, when I did that, when I shared that link, um, I kind of did it in the form of a question, and it was I wasn't really expecting an answer back on the questions that I asked. So let me, let me read the post. I just said, Westway Christian Church believes that parents and grandparents matter in the passing on of the faith to the next generations but how? What does this look like? And then, maybe an hour or so later, um, someone posted a response, and it was Alexa Harpam. And if you don't know Alexa, she's 14 years old. She's one of the students in our student ministry. And initially, when I saw Harpam, I thought it was Christy Harpam. I thought it was Alexa's mom. And then I reread it, and this is what Alexa wrote in response to the questions that I was sort of asking, but not really asking. This is what she said. They pass the faith on to future generations by demonstrating Christ to them. My faith came from the demonstration of a family friend when I was five years old. Their example triggers questions, and when we ask these questions, we learn more about these things, causing us to understand. Kid is 14 years old. And she completely understands God's plan for family ministry. So as I was thinking last night and then into the morning about what I was going to talk about today, um, my the things that I had planned, um, I just decided to, you know what? That's the sermon. What Alexa said last night. That's really the message. But where does that, where does that come from? Where do we get that from? And that's Deuteronomy chapter 6. So you can follow along with me. Um, We're just going to talk about this for a few minutes. So here's, here's the context. The people have come out of 400 years of slavery, and they didn't know how to behave. So God, God gives them the instructions. He tells them what they're supposed to do, because they've had 400 years of living in another land, of worshiping all of these uh, false gods of the Egyptians, and they don't know how to behave. So when we're reading through the book, books of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, and we're trying to make sense of all of this, like why are there, why are there so many laws? What's really going on here? God is, God is reorienting his people. And he's reorienting his people around them. He's creating that culture, and we talked about that last week, right? Culture comes from our songs, our stories, and our rituals. So when we read through those texts, and, we're, and, we're, and we wrestle, right? We don't know what that means because we live in 21st century America. Um, like, we haven't sacrificed a bull yet on stage, and I don't think we're going to. Um but we have to ask ourselves, like, what's going on here, right? What's the bigger picture? And what God is doing is through songs, stories, and rituals, he's reorienting his people around his culture. So in the midst of that, this is Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verse beginning at verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. This is Moses talking. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey them. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land, flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Then Moses says this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must command yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So we're going to stop right there just for a minute. This is personal. So when we're thinking about intergenerational ministry, and you don't have to be a parent for this. I'm just going to reread what Alexa said. My faith came from the demonstration of a family friend. So it's not just families, that make disciples it's family friends who make disciples i don't know anything about this person they may have had children they may have not had children they may have been married they may not have been married they may have been young they may have been old it doesn't matter because everyone every single one of us has a responsibility to love the lord our god with all of our heart all our soul and our strength and we must commit ourselves wholeheartedly to these commands Every single one of us, as a Christian, this is personal. This is where it starts, because you can't give of something that you yourself don't have. Parents and grandparents, if you're not a follower of Christ, your kids are not going to see that in you, and you cannot give them something that you don't have. So what I want you to do today in response to this, if you're a parent or a grandparent, is to consider your own Dedication and commitment and more than either one of those two things, your own relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that matters. We have to be reflective. We have to think about ourselves. And Moses continues, repeat them. That's these commands. Repeat them, these commands, again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. See, this is the generational piece of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, I have to pass this on. If we had all sorts of time today, we would read um, Psalm 78. Psalm 78 talks about how we're not going to keep the faith from our children. We're not going to hide it from our children. We're going to tell them about it. We're going to pass it on. It's not a secret. Parents and grandparents, this is not one of those things where you want to just, you know, I just want to let my, kid, my children make their own decision as they get older. Like, that's a great cultural lie that, that some of you believe. And what I want to encourage you to do is to pass on your faith to your children. To talk about it all the time. When you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. That about sums up every opportunity in your entire life, right? Right? When you're driving down the road to the next thing that you're taking your kids to, what are you talking about? When you get up in the mornings, what are you talking about? When you put them in bed at night, what are you talking about? How are you spending your time with your children? That's the generational thing. So so once I've committed God's commands to my own life, I'm now going to tell my children about it. But he's not done. He says, tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, okay? That's the missional piece, right? That's where we tell other people about Jesus. We tell other people about the reality of God. We make that public, right? We talked about this in Revelation. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead. Remember the mark of the beast? Remember all of our thinkings like it's the COVID vaccine, Or the UPC code that they're going to stamp on our head so we can buy something. No, this is this is talking about what what's in our minds. What are we thinking about? This is about our hands. What are we doing? How are we how are we living our lives outside of our homes? Are we demonstrating the reality of who Jesus Christ is? This isn't about a Christian t-shirt. It's not about the bumper sticker that we put on our car. This is about living a life of faithfulness so that those who don't know Jesus will see what we are doing. They will see God through us. This is our missional role. And if you don't have it personally in you, you will not make... Disciples of the next generation, and you will not serve God missionally. You can't. At some point, that's going to break down. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig, you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. I love this text so much. God's people are literally being handed everything. When you've eaten your fill of this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. That part, don't forget the Lord, is really important. Here in a few weeks, we're gonna begin our series on the book of Judges. And in the first three chapters of the book of Judges, it says something like, this is the Mulholland paraphrase, After Joshua died, there rose a next generation that forgot everything there is to know about God. See, God through Moses is telling his people something. You're going to be handed all sorts of things and it is going to be really easy for you to slip into complacency and forget who really gave it to you. It's really easy to forget who God is, what God has done. And as we're going to cover again in a few weeks when we go into this series, like the people still went to the tabernacle. They still brought the sacrifices. They still brought the offerings. They still did all of the religious rituals and all of the songs and new, and like they still did all of those things. But the reality of it was, is it didn't mean anything to them. It was empty ritual. They trusted in what they were doing rather than trusting in the relationship that they had with God, which is why he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and your strength. Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. It doesn't say anything about when you go to tabernacle. It says, commit it in your heart and your soul and your strength This is verse 13. You must fear the Lord your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must only use his name. You must not worship any of the gods of the neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you. He will wipe you from the face of the earth. You must not test the Lord your God as you did when you complained at Massa. You must diligently obey the commands of the Lord your God, all the laws and decrees he's given you. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so all will be well with you. Then you will enter and occupy the good land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors. You will drive out all the enemies living in the land, just the Lord said you would. Listen to this next part. Listen to what Moses says next. I think Alexis stole this from Deuteronomy, but that's up to her. In the future, your children will ask you, What is the meaning of these laws, decrees, and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? I'm going to read Alexa's again. They pass on the faith to future generations by demonstrating Christ to them. My faith came from the demonstration of a family friend when I was five. Their example triggers questions. And when we ask these questions, we learn more about these things causing us to understand. Here's a question, parents. When your kids ask you why you do the things you do, what do you say? What is the meaning of these laws, decrees and regulations that the Lord our God has commanded us to obey? Why do we go to church every single Sunday? Why do we go serve in the garden? Why do I go to youth group or children's ministry? Why do we give money? Like why do we do these things? How do you answer that question? What do you say? See, you have been been handed an opportunity to live out Deuteronomy 6 when your kids ask you that question. It's like a free gift. Then you must tell them, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his strong hand. See what Moses is doing here? The Lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes, dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land he had sworn to give our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. For we will be counted as righteous when we obey all the commands the Lord our God has given us. Parents, when your kids ask you questions, what do you say? How are you responding? Well, we've always gone to church and that's just what we do. When I was a kid, I went to church. My parents took me to church and their grandparents took them to church and their great grand and their grandparents and so on and so on and so on. Like that's not an answer. At least a biblical answer. At least an answer that's going to ultimately lead to discipleship. So we have, every one of us, we have moments to proclaim the reality of who Jesus Christ is to other generations. Unless we're not being faithful to God. Unless we're not being obedient to God. Unless we're not doing those things, then why would our kids ask? Right? If we're not talking to our kids when we're at home about our faith. If we're not talking about them when we are on the road, when we're going to bed or when you're getting up, your kids have nothing to ask you. This isn't a works salvation. We don't believe in that. We don't teach that. It is a responsibility that we have as Christians to pass on the faith. And I think so many of us, we get caught up in like, how do I make disciples? Who do I talk to about my faith? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. We'll start at home. What this is telling us is, is we start with the relationships that we have. And I know that not everyone here is, has, has children or is married. We celebrate singleness here. You're not defective. Right? Sometimes we think that someone who's not married, like we think they're defective, and it becomes our job to get someone married when they come to our church that's a single. It's not. Like there's no, right? Seriously. See, we have an opportunity to pour into the lives of other people. And not just an opportunity, in fact, it's a command. This is what we are being invited into. And we have to ask all sorts of questions if we are a parent, if I do have children, whether they're children at home or they're adult, grown children. Like, I have to think about how am I discipling them? What's my role if I'm as a grandparent? Like, what's my role in discipling my grandchildren? It's not to spoil my grandkids. Like, that's a great cultural lie, too. It's actually to make them disciples of Jesus Christ. And I have that role, and I have that responsibility as a grandparent. This is why we invite people to serve at Westway. Because we want to be not just multi-generational, because every church is multi-generational. Here's what that means, we have multiple generations. Look around the room, there are multiple generations in this room, young to old. We don't wanna be multi-generational, we wanna be intergenerational. Here's the difference, an intergenerational church is where everyone is involved and everyone serves, from three to 93. I would encourage you on a Sunday morning to pay really close attention at the age groups of who's up front. And you're going to see a wide variety of ages. You're going to see that being demonstrated intergenerationally as a church because it's something that we believe in. It's something that we are committed to. We want to support and equip parents and grandparents in this. You're not on your own. Over the past couple weeks, we've, we've, we've hired Zane Carr and, um, to be our pastor of Family Ministries. You're going to hear more information about him um, over the next couple weeks, as he and his family transition uh, from the Omaha area to here to Westway, and we're excited for them to be here. They're excited to be here. His wife is Stacy. They have Veronica. I think she's 14 months. Well, Veronica is not Stacy. <laughs> but we're in, we're excited for this new role, and something that we're going to see going forward is a is a highly more intentional effort on equipping parents and grandparents to do the things that we're talking about right here. And I think for some of us this is going to be really hard. Parents and grandparents, for some of you this is going to be really hard. Because it can be easy for us as a church to get complacent in our disciple making and then for us to think that's our student minister's job or our children's minister's job or our church's job and it's yours. It's yours. It's your job. We want to come alongside you. We want to equip you and teach you and train you in what that looks like. And I think for some of you as parents, I think that's going to be really hard because some of the things where where we've maybe taken more ownership, we've talked a lot about that in in staff meetings and in elders' meetings over the past couple weeks. I think we've taken far more ownership of that process in disciple-making in your homes than what we actually own. We're going to hand that back off to you. So I want to encourage you, as, as that happens, to be ready for it. To work through that and ask and help us figure out what that looks like. One of the things that we that we do as part of being an intergenerational church is um, we do milestones. At the end of the school year, we did this back in May. We ask our, our seniors and their parents to we ask their parents to write a senior blessing where when their seniors graduate, they, they stand up and they, and they talk about who they are in Christ and encourage them to go, to, go, to go out well. And on the flip side of that is early in life, we also have something. It's called a family dedication. And this is where our parents and families decide to intentionally raise their children in a Christian home and take ownership of that. And I just think it would be so cool. Like, and this is really big picture stuff. We wrestle with this. Like 17 years from now, I'm hoping that Kyler and Bridget are still part of our church body. Maybe you want more kids. I don't know but they're going to stand up here and they're going to send out Bristol with something else. And I just think it would be so amazing to have those two pieces of paper. Like Bristol, this is what we wanted for you when we stood before you on August 29th of 2021. This This is what we read over you. This is what we spoke over you. This is what we prayed over you. And because of God's faithfulness, he has exceeded our wildest imaginations in your life. Like, wouldn't that just be incredible to have happen? That's what we want to see here. So I'm going to ask Pastor Joe to come up, and Kyler and Bridget and Bristol to come up, and just talk about what dedication um, looks like for them. So would you welcome them um, up front here to the stage?
1: Hi, I'm Joe. I'm one of the pastors here at Westway Christian Church and it's been my privilege in the last couple of weeks to hang out with these two. Um, and, and three, actually. She wasn't there in the meetings that we had. Um, but this is Kyler and Bridget and Bristol. And um, Bristol is like a Facebook model. Um, she is so beautiful. <laughs> um, Kyler and Bridget came to us uh, a few weeks ago and said we want to dedicate our family. Um, to raising up little Bristol in the Lord and so I want to begin uh, my part this afternoon with uh, a Scripture that that you can find in your view version app also. It's Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with verse 15 There you go. It says so be careful how you live Don't live like fools but like those who are wise, and I'm not at all calling you guys fools. (laughs) Um, But we wanna be wise in the way we live. And it goes on, it says, make the most of every opportunity. Kyler and Bridget are gonna have a lot of opportunities to train up this child. And, And then it says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And that's their desire. They want to learn, they want to grow, they want to be an example for little Bristol. And you've started that already. You guys have been uh, reading from the, the children's Bible, and I hope it's not the same one that I got you. But, uh, and, and you've been um, singing songs with Bristol and, and teaching her. Um, you're making a disciple. And the question is, when we're, we as parents make dis- disciples of our children... What kind of disciples are we making? What choices are we making? What are they going to see in us? And so, um, Kyler and Bridget, we want to encourage you um, to set that example, and that begins uh, with you. And there are lots of ways that we as a church body wanna come alongside you and help you with this. There's small groups that you can become involved with. You can sign up this, this morning or the rooted small group in a a small group. There's Sunday school classes to help you and your family learn and grow. Uh, We have children's and student student ministries that Bristol can get involved with as she grows up. Um, It's our desire, as John has has summarized this morning, to be a part of your lives so that you can have the tools to train up this child and we can come alongside you in that. We wanna encourage you to get plugged into these groups and um, a great way, to get started is with the Next Steps program that uh, we heard about earlier this morning. God tells us to love him. And what Bristol sees in you is needed to be that love. And so this morning, in the last couple weeks, we have, uh, we've met together, we've gone through pretty much what John summarized this morning in his message. And um, the two of you uh, were challenged to write down what you're dedicating yourselves to do. And so at this time, um, I'm gonna give the mic to (laughs) Bridget. (laughs) As you hold, actually, how about I hold the mic and you hold that? Okay,
2: (laughs) Bristol, we don't know who you will become in life, but are so excited to be able to watch you grow. We hope that you will continue to grow into the beautiful, strong, passionate woman that you have already started to become. Our hope for you is that you will live by the fruit of the Spirit, as it says in Galatians 5:22 through 23. Show love to everyone, especially the people that need it most. Always be joyful. Spread peace, always being the bigger person. Have patience with everyone and everything you encounter. Always show kindness to everyone, even those that may not always be kind to you. Goodness, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by God. Stay faithful to Christ, never stray away from him. Be gentle, tender-hearted, and always show your manners. Show self-control, never let anyone bring you down, but remain standing tall.
1: And then Kyler's gonna share his part. Bristol, we want to look back when you graduate high school at how much you have
0: grown into learning the Bible and loving Jesus. We want you to learn Jesus' word and share with the world the joy of loving Christ. We want to help lead the way for you to accomplish that by reading you verses of the Bible and praying with you every night and to take you to church to learn more and worship Christ. We will continue to love you unconditionally as Christ loves all of us. We will teach you to love the Lord with
1: all all your heart, soul, and strength. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that deserves a round of applause. That's the commitment that God is looking for in each one of us, that we set that example for our children and our grandchildren. We want to give to you today uh, just a couple of tools um, for you to use as you go through this. First of all, for, for Bristol, there is a children's Bible, and there's also a little book of prayers. Um, that you can pray with her as you teach her how to pray. And then, for mom and dad, there are two books. One of them is called Raising Giant Killers by Bill and Benny Johnson. And um, it uses the story of of, um, David and what he was taught and how he lived. And the desire is that we raise our children to be able to face those obstacles that they're going to face in this world today. And then the other one is a, uh, a, a book by, um, it's called Lead Your Family and it's by Brian Jennings. And uh, it gives you tools to raise giant killers. <laughs> and so we hope you enjoy those. And then the last thing that's on the table here is a jar of pennies. In this jar is 936 pennies. And each penny represents a week of Bristol's life from the time she was born until the time she graduates from high school. And so obviously, she just turned one last Wednesday. Um, But the idea is that each week of her life, you take out a penny. And that's a penny that represents a week that you no longer have. And because she turned one this last week, the first thing you need to do is take out 54 pennies. Those are 54 pennies. 54 weeks that you don't have to go back to is it important that we take advantage of each moment and that we're wise with each moment yeah so that's just a little tool for you guys each week of her life take another penny out pray about the coming week and what you can do the next week thank God for the week you just had learn from your mistakes and go on from there with God's help. None of us are perfect parents, but God goes with us. And so at this time, I wanna pray. And um, we want you all to come up and meet the Bruns family. Um, They'll be up in this area this morning after the service and encourage them as they take their walk. And as Westway's family, we wanna walk with you um, through Bristol's life and any more that may come along. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, what a blessing it is to have had the opportunity to get to know Kyler and Bridget and Little Bristol. Father, I'm excited about the desire that they have in their heart to bring Little Bristol up in a home that loves you, that invites you to be the leader of that home. Father, thank you for the wonderful grandparents and parents that you've given these two young people. Father, as they walk together as a family, we pray for your protection over them. We pray that your spirit would work in a mighty way within that home so that when others come and see them, that they will know that you are there and that they want to honor you with what they do and what they say. And when little Bristol gets to be that age when she leaves the home, that the choice has already been made as to what she wants to do with her life because mom and dad have set that example and they've put her in the environment that gives that example also. Father, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.